Shohei Otani hits, pitches, and trades crypto. He does it all on the platform that trades it all. FTX, the official crypto exchange of MLB. But you don't have to be a pro to trade like one. Just download the FTX app and you could be trading crypto, NFTs, and more in minutes. FTX, Shohei's in. Are you? Greetings, my friends. Welcome to Fitz on Fantasy. I'm Pat Fitzmorris. Find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. So nice to have you here. Hope you had a great 4th of July. I don't know about you, but I consumed vast quantities of grilled meats over the weekend, and it was really great to spend the holiday with family after the decidedly unfestive 4th of July in 2020. And there was an unexpected bonus for us on the 4th of July. Uh, We got a golden doodle puppy back in January. Theo. He is seven months old, and this was his first fourth. I had some concerns about how he was going to do with the fireworks, especially since the show in our village is staged at the golf course right across the street from us, and it gets pretty loud around here. Uh, And it turns out that our pup is completely indifferent to fireworks. We actually had him in the front yard with us during the show, and he just sat there very calmly at my wife's feet Uh, Far more interested in all the spectators nearby than in the pyrotechnics in the skies above. And I know a lot of you have dogs who freak out at fireworks. I was totally expecting our guy to have a similar reaction. So I feel very lucky in that regard. Uh, But anyway, I hope all of you had a nice holiday and have a fun summer lined up. Now, in just a minute, I'm going to bring in this week's guest, Rumboys Robbie of the Rumboys Fantasy Network. But first, a quick word about the thing that has just about everyone in the fantasy football realm obsessed this week, the annual Scott Fishbowl. Now, the SFB drafts traditionally start the first Monday after the 4th of July, and fantasy Twitter is going to be uh, focused on very little else in the days and weeks ahead, but with good reason. Um, I think most of you are familiar with Scott Fish and his tournament his league. But uh, for the two of or three of you who aren't, the thumbnail overview is that it's a massive fantasy league that has uh, now grown to 1,920 people. It was launched by a fantasy analyst named Scott Fish, mentioned just a minute ago, and it is done in the name of charity. Uh, SFB is a mix of fantasy analysts and regular folks. It's split into divisions of 12. You draft against the people in your division and play against them in the regular season. But then in the playoffs, it is a big elimination tournament, and eventually a single champion is crowned. Uh, Scoring is very unique. It is a super flex league, meaning you can start two quarterbacks. It's tight end premium scoring. There are some other twists to it. Uh, I don't want to get too hung up on the minutia. Scott changes the settings and the scoring every year, but his goal above all else, is to balance positional scoring and encourage a wide variety of drafting approaches, uh, a whole potpourri of strategies. So anyway, a lot of the people listening to this show are participating in the Scott Fishbowl, but a lot of people listening to this show are not participating in SFB. And for those of you who are not, I just want to say that it's never my intention to exclude you from the fun in any way. 
I do think there are always some interesting takeaways for non-participants because you can see which players the analysts are planting their flags on. And even though the format is unusual and tends to be radically different than the settings in most home leagues, it's still fascinating to see all these different approaches that people are taking. Uh, And hey, if you're not in the Scott Fishbowl this year, whether you didn't know about it or whether you tried and weren't able to get in, try, keep trying, try next year. Google the Scott Fishbowl, go to the official SFB site, register for the 2022 Scott Fishbowl and keep registering every year. Eventually you will get in. The field gets bigger and bigger every year. Uh, It's almost at 2000 now, and I'm sure it's going to be even bigger next year. So I hope you'll join in the fun. And above all else, the Scott Fishbowl is a charitable endeavor. It has raised a lot of money for charity over the years, primarily Toys for Tots, but last year Scott's expanded the focus and encouraged participants to donate to the charity of their choosing. Donations are mandatory to get into the SFB, but I'm guessing that the vast majority of participants donate to charity. And uh, there are people who aren't playing in the Scott Fishbowl who make donations in the name of the SFB anyway. So I hope you'll consider making a modest donation and helping to turn fantasy football into a force for good. And I hope you'll indulge me in some Scott Fishbowl talk on this show and quite likely on future episodes of It's And joining me now is Robbie Johnson, a.k.a. Rumboys Robbie. He is the founder of the Rumboys Fantasy Network and a rising star in the fantasy industry. And the last time he and I were on a podcast together, it was a baseball podcast. But now I'm eager to talk football with him. Find him on Twitter at RumboysR. That's Rumboys with a Z and then the letter R. Robbie, welcome to the show. Great to talk to you again, my friend. Pat, thank you for having me. Such an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers to me. Cheers to you. Shout out to the whole Fits on Fantasy crew. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, Well, Robbie, this is a big day in the fantasy football world. We are recording this on Monday, July 5th, the first day of the Scott Fishball drafts. And uh, it's, it's sort of become the unofficial start of the fantasy football season, I think. And as we speak right now, it's midday. The SFB drafting just got underway a little over three hours ago. And uh, actually, this is going to be a pretty long day for you, my friend, because you are booked to make a late night appearance on the SFB Podathon roughly 12 hours from now. Yeah, I am. Uh, I got the midnight 30 uh, slot, midnight 30 East Coast, uh, 1030 Mountain Time here in Colorado Springs, where I, where I, I, I met. So I'm excited. Going to go on, talk talk a little uh, run boys, talk some charity and uh, it's also fantasy football and apparently they want me to to freestyle a little bit so yeah <laughs> so so maybe you know drop drop a little little hip-hop in there for, for for everybody you know it'll be interesting i've been watching like like the first start of it this morning and i'm like man this is intimidating <laughs> like matthew barry's been on this it's just already been crazy it's already a crazy day i i think we could kind of call this like the fantasy football holiday if you will right like this is a holiday for us like you said, it's it really is, man. It, it it does feel festive, you know, especially coming uh, right on the heels of the 4th of July. I mean, it's always the first Monday after the 4th of July is Scott Fishbowl Day. When it comes the day after the 4th, 
I mean, that's pretty cool. It does feel like just one long holiday for us. So, um, so I, I was just going to say, you know, everyone's still hungover from the fourth, you know, so they're heading right in, waking up, drafting, like, you know, they're already just carrying it to the next day. <laughs> I know, man. I mean, the fourth is a great day, but it's like I woke up just giddy today to, uh, you know, make some make some SFB picks. So which division are you in and where are you picking? So I, I got to keep it West Coast for those that, that, that know. Um, I was born on the East Coast, born in Virginia, but got to keep it West Coast with the Peacock division. Um, I lived in L.A. for a while, and I'm picking from the fourth spot. Um, and I actually got to pick this morning, and I had to keep it on brand. I'm an I'm a RB-heavy specialist, and I had to go King Henry. Like, we, we, ran, we won multiple fantasy championships together. He's part of my fantasy football fraternity. Once you're in the fraternity, I just keep rocking with you until the wheels fall off. Nice, man. So you you got him at 103. He actually went 103 in my division, too. Or I got him uh, at four. Had... I got him at 104. Yeah. Oh, you got him at four. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we had – so in our division, it was McCaffrey. Uh, I took Mahomes at 102. Uh, Derrick Henry, three, and Dalvin Cook, four. What did it look like for you in the picks ahead? Um, so for me, it went Mahomes – Josh Allen, a.k.a. Vanilla Vic, uh, CMC. Uh, then I went Derrick Henry, then Kelsey, Cook, Saquon. All right, that's interesting. Were you tempted at all by Kelsey, like with the tight end super uh, tight end premium scoring? Did that tempt you at all to maybe start with the tight end? No, I've, I've been playing playing in an in, in SFB since SFB 9. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm always just going to play my game. Um I noticed like a lot of people in the mocks are like, I need to hurry up and, you know, go get my homes or I need to go and get Kelsey. There's other ways that I can, I can build up on skill positions and still come out on top. Yeah. So this is running back heavy is your brand, right? I mean, like the, the Scott fishbowl format sort of favors it. And, uh, you know, I had told people in the introduction before I brought you on that the Scott fishbowl is a, a super flex league. It has the tight end premium scoring half point PPR, half point per first down. So it's really unique format and Scott always endeavors to balance the scoring between the positions, which means there's always just crazy variance in what the draft results look like in these different divisions Uh, really are like snowflakes, man. No two drafts are like, but I know Scott hates full point PPR and Scott, I think is kind of a classic running back guy. So he would approve of your strategy. Um, So are there, we know you're going to aggressively attack the running backs. Uh, is there maybe a position where you're willing to make sacrifices in order to be strong at running back? Like, um, you know, someplace where you're, you're willing to sort of play it on the cheap to make sure your basket is full at the other positions. I, I feel like with this scoring format, um, you can wait on wide receiver. Uh, and I think that the way that, that a lot of, people out there are drafting what we're seeing already early in in drafts is everyone's going you know like I mentioned you know with that with the the quarterbacks and the running backs and the tight ends you can wait on receiver I have no problems not getting my first receiver until maybe the third round or maybe the fourth round I'm okay with that you know and then maybe going you know running back running back quarterback or running back quarterback running back because even still, everyone's you have those spots where everyone's going to reach for a wall or reach for a a, a kittle. Um, I say reach, but like this format, this this scoring format favors that. 
Um, or either, you know, they're going to go for Dak, they're going to go for Kyler. So you can wait, maybe, you know, wait on a running back or maybe wait on a quarterback. Uh, I'm fascinated this year with how, how it's falling. I could possibly end up with Justin Herbert as a QB one, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it really is interesting to see how these drafts go. And I know there is a division where they are already through two rounds and there was not a wide receiver taken in the first two rounds. Yeah, I think it was um, of the Elvis division. Was it? Might have been. Yeah, that might have been it. That might have been it. I, I think it was just uh, this came up in a, a chat that was that I was in and someone showed me a screenshot of it. Um, yeah, man. So I'm like kind of in a way, I think um, wide receivers, the fact that the scoring does in a way sort of tamp down the value of the position only giving you half a point for a reception and uh, you know, the point per first down has been proven to help running backs more than it helps receivers. So it does kind of devalue the receivers a bit, but it also creates some crazy wide receiver value. I think like you can, you know, you can like fill up your basket with uh, Tyreek Hill, Deandre Hopkins and um, I don't know who would be a good, a good guy, Jamar Chase. Like you can just, have these crazy wide receiver groups and uh i'm i'm tempted i'm tempted to try to sort of win the race to the flex position and draft like three four five wide receivers in the first six or seven rounds and just try to get a super wide receiver core and having taken mahomes 102 man i'm hoping i can get tyreek hill at 211 Oh, that would be beautiful. And, and, and stacks, like, like, like with, with the way that this, the way that the draft, you know, kind of falls, stacks are super doable. Like, you can definitely get away with, with, with setting up stacks. Um, I, everyone knows, you know, I've, I've been on the Run Boys Fantasy Network now four years, and I have always, always advocated for stacking up. If you're able to pull it off, and SFB is the one battleground in all of fantasy football where you're able to pull it off. Pull it off. Remember, you're competing for for this year's different. You know, yes, it still has the the, the, the toys for tie element. Ten um, percent of all proceeds that are going through for for the potathon today uh, is also going to the Trevor Project. But you're also competing for a charity. You know that that you're representing. Scott asked all of us to have have our own passion projects as well. So do remember, you know, you're out there competing for a charity of your choice. You know. You can't, you got to leave it all out there in the battlefield. Don't get cued in the draft. Be water. Let it come to you. And I promise your, your SFB experience will be beautiful. And you can probably find yourself in the playoffs just by being water. Yeah. Well said, Robbie. And uh, it does when you are competing against 1,919 other people. Uh, talk about an incentive to try some unusual strategies and uh, set yourself apart. So. Uh, people are definitely going to let their freak flags fly, I think, in these drafts in a lot of cases. With with this being a super flex league, how early do you think you'll be looking to uh, draft a second quarterback? Like, are you hell-bent on getting two good QBs, or are you willing to skimp on quality a little bit with your second one in order to you know, make sure that you've hit that running back position hard, or maybe that you've got a uh, you know, credible tight end to take advantage of the TE premium scoring. Well, go, going back to, to, to what I was saying about being water, with the way that things are working right now in the Tupac division, I feel like I can come away with two, you know, really good quarterbacks. I feel like I could come away and, and still have, like, I could feel like my first four picks could be running back, running back, QB, QB, or either running back, QB, 
running back QB. And I could maybe end up with a Herbert or a Hertz, you know, and then maybe like a vet like Matt Ryan, you know, like and I have no problems with, 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 with taking Matt Ryan, even despite Julio not being there. I have no I'm OK with that. Or maybe I end up with a Tannehill, you know, and I just have to bite the bullet on, you know, having two two Titans with, with Henry and Tannehill. But then, you know, my second QB could be like a Hertz or, or you know, so, someone like that. So things are, are different in this division because it seems like everyone in this division is kind of like myself where they're attracted to the running backs. So I'm curious to see how, how, how quickly the landscape of either position dries up first. Oh, man, that could be hard for you if you're that, that's kind of the last thing you want to see, right? Or, or a bunch of guys in your division kind of trying to execute the same strategy you are. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a little bit scary. I mean, I kind of got in the feel um, that that feeling whenever I created the, 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 the group chat for the division and everyone wasn't revealing their hands too heavy. I was like, uh, this personality type's kind of similar to, to RB heavy because there's so many of us out there that go RB heavy. You know, so I kind of already had this gut feeling, but we'll see how it plays out. We'll, we'll, we'll see what these guys do. Yeah, hopefully uh, they leave a little bit of value at the RB position for you. Um, yeah, it's it's just interesting to see how how the divisions attack it, and <laughs> I mean, it really makes the ADP uh, stuff you look at on uh, Josh Hornsby. Josh ADHD does this great app that sort of tracks all the the Scott Fishbowl drafts and. Um, you know, shows you like what's the earliest or the latest a certain p- player was taken. Um, you know, it's just such a wide variety. Um, and, and one of the things I don't think I mentioned in the introduction about the Scott Fishbowl scoring is the unique quarterback uh, scoring system that Scott introduced the, last year and is um, repeating this year where quarterbacks get penalized for, for sacks. They get penalized for interceptions and especially interceptions that get housed for a touchdown. And he gives you a half a point for any completion and minus a full point for any incompletion. So if your quarterback is not completing passes at a 66.6% clip in the game, you're actually losing points as a, you know, a component of that. And you still get, you know, points for yards and touchdowns, of course. But I think you mentioned Matt Ryan a second ago. Like, I'm not too into Matt Ryan in conventional drafts because, you know, now he's lost Julio. He doesn't really bring anything to the table as a runner. But in this format, when you know he's going to have a, a very respectable completion percentage, uh, is not going to, to kill you with, 15 interceptions a la Jameis Winston. Um, you know, they're d- definitely like different things you want to look at at a quarterback in this format. I, absolutely. I've been, I've been, you know, I've, I've been seeing, seeing a lot of, a lot of like, like the, the guys are into breaking in card packs and what they've been doing is they'll, they'll look at the back of their cards. Like, like they'll, they'll look at the completion percentage and then that's how they're giving it. They've been giving out, you know, SFB advice, you know, so, that's something that you can do if you're on that side of the industry, which, by the way, I love this industry because there's so many different things you can do. You can do what you and I are doing, podcasting. You can be those guys breaking in car boxes. You can be an on-air personality on TV, a writer. It's whatever. That's what I love about this. Just want to throw that out there. So, Sorry for that, that rant. Had to. Had, had to throw that out there. Um, no, but, no, no, no. Well said. Yeah, and I saw I, – I can't remember. I can't remember this, this consecrator's name, but he had broken open a, a Derek Carr card. 
And he was like, I'm, I might be looking at Derek Carr as my QB2 in SFB just because completion percentage favors him because he doesn't take a lot of risk to turn the ball over. You know, I'm like, man. I'm yeah, I'm glad you brought his name up because he is a guy who definitely has enhanced value in this scoring format. Uh, whereas like in a normal league, I think I would draft Daniel Jones over Derek Carr. Like greater upside, greater rushing potential, um, you know, certainly a potentially low floor. But in this format, I mean, with the turnovers, which can just absolutely murder your score, uh, you know, Carr is more turnover averse. Uh, you know, Carr is, is always around, what, at least 65% completion, 70%. sometimes 70%. Yeah, 70, yeah. Yeah. So um, in this format, I definitely prefer Carr. Um, and Robbie, a new twist in SFB this year, you can take a kicker and plug him into one of the flex spots and the rewards are pretty substantial for field goals. A, a 36 yard field goal is worth 3.6 points, a 52 yard field goal worth 5.2, but a missed field goal is worth minus three from any distance. So, uh, in some cases you might not even want to see your guy lining up a 57 yarder. Uh, do you think you'll draft a kicker? I have no all right, there are kickers out there, you know, the young the young lay coos and, and such that can outscore some other players that you could possibly put in your flex week to week. Um look, I if there is skin in the game and an ability for me to compete on it, I'm not going to miss out on that phase. I feel like Scott really took the time this year, even how you were talking about the the, the quarterback scoring breakdown. I feel like Scott took the time this year to put football back into fantasy football to somehow make sure that reality what happens on the field translates in, in, into the actual game and that's beautiful because oftentimes a lot of league formats can get away from that you know and, and i get that that's where you know the, the the game the gamification side of the industry comes in where you can personalize your personalize your league settings and so on and so forth i'm gonna take a kicker it's part of the fun of the game um if I don't get Young Hui Koo, uh, then I'm going to go for my guy, Joey Sly. I coach Joey Sly and Pop Warner. Uh, uh, shout out Stafford, Virginia. I coached him on the Falcons and, and the Warriors. Uh, back in his Pop Warner days, I played football with his uh, brother, AJ. Rest in peace, AJ. Stay Sly strong. Um, and, yeah, I'm definitely going to gonna draft a kicker. Like, why not? It's part of football. If he, if he put no way you in there, I would do it. You coach Joey Sly in youth football. Yeah, yeah. He was actually a middle linebacker. Um, he didn't convert over to a kicker until like like his years at North Stafford, kind of like towards, towards his uh, tail end playing at North Stafford. But he also played linebacker still at North Stafford and then went to Virginia Tech and is one of the is one of the Hokies leading scorers of all time. Just off his leg. Oh, that's amazing, man. That's awesome. I love these little connections you get to actual football uh, sometimes in talking to fantasy analysts around the industry. And and that is a really cool one, man. I had yeah. no idea. So, yeah, Robbie, you have, absolutely have to draft Joey Sly at some point. And he's a good kicker, man. He's exactly. a good kicker. If it happens, I'm going to do it. And people will ask him, like, I coached him. Like, so what? Like, what are you going to say? You're not going to say anything to, 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 like, like about that? Like, no. Like, I'm like, yo, that's pretty cool. All right. Like, yeah, you, I see why you would draft him, you know. But I've also interviewed a lot of players, and there are players I wouldn't draft, like when you mentioned Daniel Jones earlier. See, so <laughs> doesn't always work that way. <laughs> oh, Daniel Jones is not your favorite interview? Uh, he was a great interview. When I saw him fumble the first time, that's when I was like, oh, 
Like the first time I saw him fumble <laughs> in the NFL, like I was like, oh no, you know. But I was already out on out out on Daniel Jones like prior to just because it's like when have we ever really seen a Duke quarterback step into the league and like perform like that? Like that's not that's not QBU. That's not you know one of the upper echelon universities that we look at. So. I kind of already had some knocks. I didn't feel like his film was the greatest coming out of college. Um, it was just conservative enough, just safe enough to where scouts could be like, oh, yeah, like, we, we could draft this guy. Been doing it. Been, 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 been in it for four, four years. I got, I got to do a lot of cool things. Not as cool, not as, cool as you, though, uh, though, Pat. Not as cool as you. You're a legend. <laughs> You're a legend. That. You're a legend. Get on Team Shaq with WinBet. We're playing parlays, boosting odds, and laying the wildest prop bets. Don't miss another game. Download the WinBet sports betting app today. Sign up today and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 first-time wager on a straight better parlay. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So you mentioned, Robbie, that you're in, in Colorado Springs, and I know the Broncos aren't actually your team. You're a Washington football team supporter, going back to your uh, your Virginia roots. But no doubt you have some thoughts on the Broncos since they play in your backyard. And I think Denver is a pretty fascinating team for fantasy purposes because they have a really compelling group of pass catchers, an interesting situation at running back. But quarterback is a different story uh so how are you viewing the denver pass catchers uh you can make strong cases for Cortland sutton jerry judy noah fant individually but the broncos seem destined to get below average quarterbacking barring a uh trade for aaron Rodgers, and all of these good pass catchers are going to be battling for a finite number of targets so are you interested in any or all of these guys, or is the situation just kind of a turnoff for you? So this one is, is, is one of those situations in regards to – I'll just start with the receiving core, right? Uh, both receivers in Sutton and Judy are top 35 plays. You know, I have no problems acquiring either or on my team. I am acquiring them, though, as kind of bench – type type of players um i had rostered sutton last year sutton had burned me um therefore i'm kind of out on sutton this year uh i had judy on a roster last year he was all right but i i i think i played him during during a bye week and i think he maybe got me like like seven points if i, if I can remember correctly and i just put him back on my bench uh noah fant there's other tight ends around his adp uh Robert Tanyan, uh, Logan Thomas, uh, Kasicki, that probably would maybe pivot around uh, and, and, and grab, or either maybe I reach for, or, or I go a little bit higher and I go for a Hawkinson, I go for, um, you know, a Pitts or an Andrews, and I just, just, you know, so I don't have to worry about, all right, now I got to get bent at this point. Um, like you said, it's mediocre quarterbacking play that, that, that happens there. Of course, if things happen with the Aaron Rodgers situation that could possibly send him to Denver, I don't think that he plays in Denver whatsoever. Uh, but if somehow he ends up in Denver, well, then now all these guys' ADP goes up. If you're drafting right now uh, at, during you know July 5th for redraft purposes, 
you're happy if, you know, if Aaron Rodgers suddenly signs, you know, by August. Um, so I, I, until we know exactly what's going to happen at quarterback, I would say don't have high optimism on this team. Uh, Broncos fans that are listening, you guys already know how I feel about your team. Um, so it is what it is within a nutshell. You guys are further away from a Super Bowl uh, than you like to perpetuate. And that's my take on the Broncos. I know Denver fans are full of optimism and really think quarterback is the only thing holding them back. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of with you on those pass catchers. I've, I'm a little down on Fant. I like the talent, but um, I'm kind of fading him now. And I don't know, man. I like Judy. Judy is the guy I'm kind of attracted to here just because his ADP is pretty modest relative to, I think, the potential upside. But maybe he doesn't fully realize that upside this year. And uh, you you kind of alluded to it that, you know, if you're drafting these guys as backups, that's one thing. Like, I don't want Jerry Judy as my wide receiver, too. If I get him as my four, I'm, I'm pretty happy. But I don't want him as my wide receiver, too, which is why, you know, in the Scott Fishbowl, I guess I'm going to be a little more aggressive than probably some of the other guys in my division about drafting receivers. Um, what do you make of the running back situation, Robbie, with, with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? Um, I think that Javante is probably the piece that you definitely have to go and get out of out of Denver. Um, I, Javante Williams is literally a Melvin Gordon ankle roll away from him just having all the snaps, 100%. Uh, I think Gordon's probably on his way out the door for Denver um, and maybe only has a couple of years left in his NFL career. Uh, with that being said, this whole team as an overall, they have – that they, they, they don't have a they, their bye week is in week 11 so i mean if you're looking for, for 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 players to fill in you know during that 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 crucial you know week 14 just saying like i said bench yeah. pieces yeah bench pieces indeed and and that's kind of the thing that worries about uh worries me about javante is that like if his ADP stays relatively modest, great. But if like we start getting hype pieces on him in August and the ADP starts rising, um, I just wonder, you know, if people are drafting Javante in the fifth, sixth round and suddenly we get to week one and, oh, you know, they're still starting Melvin Gordon. They're doing the veteran deference thing. Like that's going to be really tough on the Javante Williams owners. This guy you took with a premium pick isn't even usable in a flex spot in week one, you know? And uh, I do agree that Melvin is coming to the end of the line and um, you know, but I, I think he's been a pretty good player and I know a lot of people trash him and think he sucks and uh, you know, are almost still holding that zero touchdown rookie season against him. And the couple of years where he finished with a, a yards per carry of under four when he was yeah. running behind some of the worst offensive lines in the league. But man, I mean, Melvin Gordon was a better college running back than Javante Williams was. And some people might disagree 100%. with that, but he was, man. And and I know, you know, he's got some tread on the tire now, and it's a different situation, and, and Javante has the fresh legs. But, like, this is not an open and shut case for Javante. So, and, and granted, the ADP kind of reflects that right now. There's not a big gap between Javante and, and Melvin. But, um, yeah, man, I just – I would – caution people against getting out over their skis on Javante when you might not be able to start him in week one. I have Javante RB24. 
I, I have him right at RR being 24. Is he going to end that Very way? Very reasonable. I don't know. Yeah, but but I also have have Gordon not that far behind him. You know, um, at at twenty six. So like I said, they're just they're just spots apart from each other. You know, if Gordon is healthy the full season, you're not going to tell me that you're not going to run a healthy combination of Gordon and Williams as a one two punch, especially if you're going into the season with a quarterback that. Really, you don't want throwing, you know, 30-plus yards down the field. You know, let's just keep this, you know, between the 10 and the 20. We'll dump out the backfield and let these guys pick up some yardage for us. Um, they'll definitely both probably utilize in the red zone at some point. Uh, like I said, I mean, both both guys are healthy. Denver's safest bet, especially if a la Drew Locke is, is back there, their safest bet is keeping keeping the playbook as small as possible. Yeah, well said on that. And I think I've got uh, Javante 26 and Melvin either 28 or 29 right now. So we're pretty much on the same page there. Um, since we're on the state of Colorado, Robbie, tell me about living in Colorado Springs. What are what are the best and worst things about it? I love living in Colorado Springs. Um, the, the worst thing is that we can get like all four seasons in one day. Like yesterday, it legitimately during the Fourth of July, like it legitimately like hailed and like the ground was just like covered in just like like, like practically like snow for like an hour and then like it melted all away. Um, so that part kind of sucks, but I mean, other than that, Colorado Springs is beautiful. Um, and, and yeah, like we're, we're we're the brew capital of the world. Um, everything every, everything is 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 great here. I, I miss I miss living living next to an ocean. I battle with that of like, man, I love having the mountains, but I would go back to California. I'd go back to living in California, or either go back to Virginia and have an ocean. But then I'm like, nope, cost of living won't allow me to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having water nearby is awesome. It's definitely awesome. But uh, you know, you are definitely in God's country, and uh, oh yeah mountains are not bad either man and i can only imagine how spectacular some of the sunrises and sunsets are out there oh it was so beautiful sitting in the car yesterday waiting for uh watching the sun go down waiting for them to let off the fireworks it was it was, it was great it was great right i live right here next to garden of the gods like if you guys haven't google pictures of garden of the gods check that out like this is this looks like a microsoft screensaver and i see this like every day and i live next to it and i go to it like every day yeah, that's good for the soul, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, how did you get into fantasy sports, Robbie? Um, I got into fantasy football because, actually, uh, my dad, my dad, he was he was playing fantasy football, like, all the way back in the day when, like, it was done in newspaper. Um, and then, you know, Sports Illustrated Kids, you know, kind of started coming out, or Sports Illustrated came out with Sports Illustrated Kids. They had their own, you know, fantasy kind of tournament back in, like, like two from like like the early two thousands, yeah, it's like 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 way early two thousands. Like you could like rip out Sports Illustrated trading cards out of the magazine like back then. It was it was which was a terrible way to to, have, to, to put trading cards out to kids. Um, but uh, yeah, like it was you know back early two thousands. Um, remember the, the the MacBook that had you know the the colorful back to it and everything. Um, that was the very first time ever web-based playing fantasy football. My very first draft pick was Randy Moss, and my dad like, kind of helped me out with it. Um, I had Randy Moss, uh, Dante Culpepper, and Priest Holmes as like my first three picks, and I just like was just annihilating these kids. It was like 
Anakin Skywalker walking into the Jedi Temple and just all these young Padawans just now have to have to feel the wrath. I was yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, and like they like sent me um, like little Sports Illustrated kids pack like at the end of the season like when I won. And it was pretty cool. The season after that, I had like Ladamian Thomason as my running back, Randy Moss and Ladamian Thomason again ran it back uh, with Randy. And then yeah, you know, just from there, kind of have been a fantasy football addict. Yeah, when you get Randy Moss and Priest Holmes paired together on your first fantasy team, you're going to be hooked for life. Uh, yeah. So how did <laughs> how did you get the desire to become a, a fantasy football, a fantasy sports content provider? Um, so I started four years ago. So like a lot of like, like the stories that you're going to hear, um, you know, from like a lot of people that are in the space now, you know, it's like, oh, well, COVID, the pandemic. Mine was different. I saw yourself, Matt Harmon, Matt Berry, um, the footballers, the headliners, uh, BDGE. Like I saw all these content creators and I, or, or analysts, um, you know, and I saw the way that they were doing it. and the way that I'm on, I'm here on your show is completely different than when I'm on the Run Boys Fantasy Network. Um, we drink, we uh, indulge in in the uh, green vitamins uh, that you inhale. Um, we curse, like we are not like your traditional fantasy analyst, and that's okay because there's a market for everyone. You know, when people are like, "Oh, the market's oversaturated," no, it's not. Like it's just oversaturated for you. Like you know, try something different. Um, and we tried something different. Um, the Run Boys is exactly, you know, what, what, what you hear. We, we're, we're fun. We talk fantasy. We talk sports. Um, I started actually doing play-by-play. I was like, let me try and do play-by-play, like, a little bit differently. You know, I was influenced by, like, like the and one street ball mixtape, like, like uh, tour style by, like, the way they would call plays. I was like, let me mix a little Tony Romo with, like, that flair, you know? So... Whenever Josh Allen scores a touchdown, I'm like, it's vanilla Vic with a touchdown. You know, I have like little play, like little call outs. Every player has has a nickname. Robbie Anderson, you know, hits him with a fade route. I'm like, oh, it's the string beam, Robbie Anderson. Like I, everyone has a nickname. It's dope. Um, so I started off doing that. Then I got into interviewing players. Um, that was my second, you know, you know, my, my second kind of pathway. And um, shots at NFL Players Association, NFLPA, um, and my former sponsor, Sportscast, broken that up. Um, and then from interviewing players, got into like, like, like the podcasting side of it, creating content and then started, started producing, uh, becoming my own producer, um, and producing content, um, and then also producing other people's content. And then, yeah, like I've just, I've, I've, I've loved every bit of, of being in this space and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Man, uh, tell me about how many different shows you have under the Rumboys umbrella now. And uh, maybe just what can you tell me about the video component and the importance of it to you? Because I'm an old guy. I'm probably your, your pop's age and don't mind uh, listening to podcasts. But I also have two teenagers in the house and they consume video co- uh, content on their phones pretty much nonstop. So is, uh, is that kind of an essential part of your brand? Um, I would say that is definitely essential. I was fortunate enough to get ahead of the game in video. Um, and that like, like when I first started, everyone was like, no, you need to do a podcast. You need to do an audio only podcast. And I was doing an audio only podcast, but that quickly reversed for me. Um, I don't now have, have the audio only now. I'm like pretty much on YouTube, on my Twitter, um, Facebook and everything like that. 
um, and because just the video component is where more people are gravitating towards now. You can play it from practically any device, you know, smartphone, a tablet, smart TV, um, you name it. You can, you know, pull up YouTube like practically anywhere. Um, and then also, I just kind of felt like the industry started forcing me and forcing us as as just on the media side into that role. The younger fantasy football player that's coming up now, the nov the, the, the novices guys, you know, the people are freaking just just want to buy a steak for a week in their college dorm and are eating ramen. They're all consuming content on YouTube um, and kind of seeing the way that the footballers grew their YouTube channel and the way that, you know, uh, uh, BDGE grew their YouTube channel. Uh, those guys, you know, being influences on me, I was like, man, like, let me just do it and just do it different and just do it more raw. Like, if I were to compare, if I were to compare, compare to like, like, like stand-up comedians in the, in the fantasy industry, I'm Eddie Murphy's raw. I'm Richard Pryor. Like I'm, I'm that of the fantasy industry. I just want to take it. And I just want to go in a different direction, you know. Um, be funny, be raw, yeah. Which is great, man. Which is what we need, you know. Uh, you, you need those guys. You need the the Eddie Murphys and you know also the the Bob Newharts like me, I guess the old guys. But um, no, it's it's awesome, man. And I'm, you know, I wasn't just blowing smoke when when I called you a rising star at the top of the show, Robbie. I mean, you really are a comet, and uh, you're just a super charismatic dude. And it's it's been fun to watch your ascendance. So uh, keep up the great work, man. Man, having you as a as, as a mentor, you know, and just being able to hit you up, talk to you, you know, you know, bounce ideas off you and share share ideas. Like it's been awesome. Like, like you know, having you embrace embrace what I do. And what we're doing at the Run Boys Fans Network is, is just amazing because, honestly, I didn't. I when I first started, I didn't expect that type of reciprocation. So I mean, it's, it really is beautiful, and the space has been welcoming. Um, and yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime someone's like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that," or "You shouldn't do it that way," I'm gonna be the first person to tell tell anyone out there listening, do it and do it your way, and don't let anyone stop you because you never know. Like you could end up here on fits on fantasy you could end up you know nfl network or wherever you know your heart desires like the doors start to open yeah really it really is a supportive space you know and i i know uh there have been you know people who have uh you know been cheerleading you on the come up and uh, i know you're going to do the same for other people and you know you've got a great group of people you work with and uh you know you're always i don't know how many different people i've i've met through uh rumble is over the last year plus but like you know i'm playing with uh with herms your boy herms yeah. Herman, and uh, he's in my division in sfb and you know i've done a couple of podcasts with him now and i love Herms. so um yeah that that part of it is really cool man. and I, I wish you continued success uh you mentioned robbie that you're in the the tupac shakur division of the scott fishbowl where does tupac rank for you on your uh, all-time list of favorite hip-hop artists uh so Pac for me favorite hip-hop artist is definitely number one he's a revolutionary um just in the way like, 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 like you know he taught us he taught us to think i mean you know um and, and the way you know he, he he was very versatile in his music um his interviews are, are are just really compelling um and then also a lot of his poetry if you read a lot of his poetry in his books um super compelling just a, just a very deep and intellectual individual and also, our birthdays are two days apart from each other. So, oh, very cool. <laughs> who who else is on your list? Who's uh, like your top five? My top five. So it'd be Pac, Biggie, Jay Z, 
um, Eminem, and I'm gonna go Little Wayne, like just because the way that Wayne puts together metaphors, like Wayne and Eminem, just the way they put to, put together words and metaphors, and like the things that they'll say and the way that they'll say them, it's just it's, it's crazy. Like it's like the the dictionary was not meant to be put together in that way. Like syllables were not meant to be put together in that way, and I just I just love it. I love that you're uh, you're bringing out some of the classics here, and and Wayne's a Packers fan, so you know Wayne's always all right by me. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Er- everyone loves Wayne, um, but I mean, yeah. Oh, speaking of the classics too, though, I mean, gotta shout out Buster Rhymes, uh, Big Pun. Uh, oh my gosh, LL, one of the goats. Like so many, so many. Yeah, my 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 music taste is crazy. Everything from hip hop to R and B to rock is crazy, man. Yeah, I was going to ask what other kinds of music and and what other artists are you into? Um, I love Rage Against the Machine. Um, huge Linkin Park fan. Grew up on Linkin Park. Like Linkin Park, some forty one, like that whole area era. Blink one eighty two. Grew up on 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 all of that. Um, Disturbed is awesome, especially when like you're in the gym working out. Um, oh man, I'm running. Rob Zombie. Ah, oh, love Rob Zombie. People, people look at me, they're like, what do you listen to? Like, especially like I remember my car, like they hear Dragula playing. They're like, are you for real? They're like, yeah, the black guys listen to Rob Zombie. Go figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's awesome uh, that you're like, you know, shouting out these, these titans of hip hop along with these, uh, you know, 90s, almost what, goth rock, new metal yeah. type band. Yeah, exactly. Because like, that's what I grew up on. Uh, Nirvana. Oh, gosh. Nirvana is so amazing. That Seattle sound is just so unique so so unique um trying to think what else i listen to i i listen to to to, to edm because I, I like to dance i used to like break dance and everything like that back in high school so i like a, lo- a little bit of that electronic stuff um yeah man i i just i i love music well you're a multifaceted dude i mean just listening to your musical tastes having done you know football podcasts and baseball podcasts with you uh you are a man of varied interests robbie for sure it's weird. One there, morning, I just wake there, up. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I was just gonna say, no, 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 no. Go ahead and, and uh, be playing Parliament Funkadelic. You know, I, I throw in a little, I throw in a little funk. Great old stuff, man. And and that, like, I love the the intersection of like sort of hip hop, hard rock, and funk. Like bands like, I mean, the Red Hots back in the days for sure. Fishbone has long been one of my favorite. I've I've been lucky enough to see them like three times. Um, yeah, man, just great, great stuff. Uh, all right, Robbie, shifting back to football, are there any players you are really into this year and expect to have on a bunch of your teams? Um, yeah, I'm going to give you – I'm going to start off with the homer pick uh, for, for Washington. Antonio Gibson is is just going to be amazing. Um, Cam Akers, uh, he, he ended well on the tail end of last season. I expect him to pick that up again. Um, everyone's like, well, what about Daryl Henderson? Daryl Henderson is going to fall asleep behind a wheel at, at some point during the season. I'm not worried about, about, about Daryl Henderson. Um, I'm planting my flag on, on Justin Jefferson, um, possibly repeating uh, last season. I think that NFL history repeats itself, and they have a trio in uh, a mediocre quarterback in Cousins. Culpepper was pretty mediocre. Uh, they got a star receiver in Jefferson, and they got the old guy in Thielen. You know, back then they had Chris Carter. I think that, you know, Justin Jefferson is going to pop off again this year. So I'm planting my flag on just the fact that NFL history will repeat itself. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, as far as tight ends, I think that that 
if Jordan Love is going to step underneath the helm for the Packers, Bob Tynion is going to get peppered. He is going to be fed. Why? Because Titans are a rookie quarterback's favorite fa fa favorite weapon. Uh, not that he's a he's a rookie, he's a sophomore now, but he'll be rookie in terms of actually playing at NFL speed um, and starting a full season. Um, so yeah, I mean there, there's just a there, there there's just a couple of guys right there that I I think could be really efficient and and and, and good for people. Um, I have a whole list, but yeah, yeah. The the Antonio Gibson endorsement is music to my ears, and I mean I've just uh, been trying to contain my enthusiasm on him. But just seeing what he did last year without a significant role as a pass catcher, which we know he's really good at based on his college career and his background as a receiver. Um, yeah, man, not, nothing but upside for that dude. Plus, like, for the size speed people, man, this this guy is as big and as fast as Jonathan Taylor. Like, there is nothing not to like with Antonio Gibson uh, a team that's got an uh, amazing young defense and is probably going to be really good and present Gibson with a bunch of run-friendly game scripts. And the uh, and the only argument that, that that those that doubt Gibson have is, is is the two games that he had against Cowboys. Well, he he just that it was if, if you remove those two games, then he would have been in you know like like with like I think it was like two hundred less yards or like one hundred forty six like less yards. Like he's playing against a divisional opponent in a rivalry game, and one of those games on Thanksgiving. What do you expect him to do? He's doing his job. Like, like that, is, that is what he is supposed to do. He's supposed to go out and crush the Cowboys. When you're putting on the burgundy and gold, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, like, I, 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 I can't get that argument, you know, when it's like when, it, when, when, we, when we want to use the, the stats to go against the, 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 the narrative in the film. It's like, come on, like, cut the guy break. Like, let, let's let him be great. Just, just let the man be great. Yeah, like, there aren't any running backs – uh, this year who you know won't face a soft run defense at one time or another come on that's a bad argument it's um, a terrible argument are there any players yeah exactly are, are there any players you just won't touch this year you're totally out on four years on air and it hasn't changed joe mixon and here's exactly what you do <laughs> with joe mixon okay if if he falls to you and you've been just trying to avoid 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 and it's like all right now I'm, i gotta draft him you draft him right and then you do that whole catalog of the reasons why you were avoiding them, especially because now that we're all, you know, fairly vaccinated and we can go out, we can do live drafts. If you're going to be at draft night out in Canton, hosted by, by, by me and, and Steffi Smalls and, and everyone else, uh, EC Fantasy, if you're going to be at draft night out, here's what you do. You turn to that league mate that's like, oh, man, you sniped me, you took Joe Mixon. You look over at the bar, you're like, come on, let me buy you a beer. Let me, let's have a conversation about Joe Mixon. And you try and get a two-for-one right then and there. Buy him a beer, buy him a shot, and then make your pitch. Trust me, it works every time in live drafts. You couldn't do it last year, but we're back, and you can do it this year. That's my advice on Joe Mixon. <laughs> well, I mean, this is SFB season, so I should probably mention that I picked Joe Mixon early in the second round last year and proceeded to go three and nine. So, uh, you know, my <laughs> <See>? worst year. <laughs> so... It's uh, and it's amazing, Robbie. It's like an annual thing that Joe Mixon enthusiasm is starting up again this year. And I get the arguments, man. I, I get that this could be a powerful offense, even though you know we've got questions about the offensive line. But um, man, yeah, I, like I'd love to at least get the discount to tempt me. But when I'm not getting the discount, I, I just don't know if I can wade back in this year. 
yeah, just just I, I always recommend not doing it. Um, and 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 any time I've ever done it, I always do exactly what I just said. I, hey, buddy, you know, let, let let me let me go ahead and put. You know what? Your wings are on me today. Your wings are on me. I got you. You know, it's all good. I, I immediately start 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 cozying up to league mates. Um, another one, and this one has been has been getting me chewed out. Like everyone is mad at me about this one, and it's okay. Um, because if you're not pissing off the fantasy community, how are you growing, right? Um, and that's Amari Cooper because I wholeheartedly believe he is on a one-year deal, right? You got this man on a one-year deal. You draft CD Lamb and you give him the, the number eighty-eight. Gallup is still is still emerging. Cedric Wilson didn't didn't look too bad last year. Like I think that Cooper gets traded middle of the season. Because Dak is going to be as good as Dak is and as accurate as Dak is and has gotten and it keeps getting. I think that he he's even thinking to himself, I don't really need Cooper. I can make this happen on my own. He's looking at the team last year, how, how, how things operated without Dak under center. And he's like, give me any weapon. It doesn't matter. I wholeheartedly believe Dak believes in himself now more than ever. And the organization is going to know that and they're going to see that when he steps on the field and play. And they're gonna need to save money so they can bulk up on defense. You trade Amari in the middle of the season so that you can now get yourself a middle linebacker, or either get yourself a safety, or something. Because Micah Parsons, I don't think he's gonna be. He's he's. I don't think he, he he's gonna be able to control control that defense. So you you send out Cooper, and yeah, I'm just telling people they think that I'm crazy, but I'm out on Cooper this year, and I don't think that Cooper's gonna be a true wide receiver one this year. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not that I don't like Cooper, but I just like C.D. Lamb so much. So and much Gallup's more. good too, man. Yeah, I mean, Gallup. C.D. just looks like he's going to be special. And, uh, you know, not that Cooper isn't a really good receiver. Uh, maybe not the special guy we were hoping he was going to be. Um, you know, just, I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you, man. I Like I, as a, a kind of middle wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver two, I'm okay with it, but it seems like there's always someone in a draft who wants to elevate Coop to that like almost high-end wide receiver two territory. See, you, you've been in the industry a lot longer than me, so if you say people are like, oh, okay, like it makes sense. I say it, they're like, oh, he's doing it for clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about uh, Michael Thomas, Robbie? What is he a draft value this year, even with the quarterback ambiguity for the Saints? Yes, because, all right, everyone wants to use the argument, oh, well, he was slant boy last year. Well, that's because that's all that Drew Brees could throw. Sean Payton is the coach that has no care in the world. He is going to let Jameis Winston just chuck it. Now, he is also the smartest coach in the world. So he's going to find a way to minimize, I don't think he's going to minimize a whole 30 interceptions, but he'll try and at least find a way to cut that in half. Um, I think that Winston, because he he's still young enough in the arm to where he can chuck it downfield, and you have a receiver like Michael Thomas who can trace the ball in the manner that he does, I think that that, that Winston helps open up opens up Thomas's route tree. It's yet to be seen, but I'm willing to take the dip on, on Michael Thomas. I have no problems with him being 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 a wide receiver too potentially for me. Um, if you're gonna go wide receiver heavy and you know you're on the back end of the draft. Um, maybe this is a guy that you can double up on. You know, you can go, you know, go DeAndre or go uh, uh, Tyreek, and then you can go MT. And so you're pretty confident there. it's going to be Winston at quarterback and not not Taysom Hill. 
I am so sold on that, but I'm also like, like I'm also sold on the fact that neither one of them are competent enough to, to, to play the Saints QB. So like, maybe like last like three games of the season, we see Ian Book come in, and then all of a sudden Ian Book lights it up and takes over for next year. <laughs> like this is the Saints; they're starting over. Like it, they're not like the Packers, right? Where like the Packers can go like Bart Starr. Uh, we'll have like a little like soft spot in, in, in the middle, and then all of a sudden Brett Favre comes along. And then Aaron Rodgers, like, like you got like the Saints are an organization where it's going to take them years to find the next the next guy. Like Breeze wasn't even their guy; he was originally San Diego's guy, San Diego, which is now Los Angeles. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, and it it feels like neither of these guys, the weaknesses of Hill and Winston, really like kills Thomas's value because yeah I mean what Winston forces throws that's never been a problem it's actually enhanced the value of his wide receivers and Hill I mean we saw kind of like lock in on Michael Thomas last year it was really Camaro who lost targets as a result so um yeah and if, if people are knocking him when it was actually Breeze who with the the clearly deteriorating arm strikes was uh as you said I mean that the slant boy stuff like maybe that wasn't all MT's fault you know, maybe a lot of that was on Breeze. Um, Ravi, someone whose opinion I, I greatly respect in fantasy, tweeted last week that he was kind of astonished to see DeAndre Swift will be sharing carries with one of the or uh, sharing carries with Jamal Williams on one of the worst teams in the league, being drafted at a third round ADP. And I'm sort of torn. I mean, I agree that the setup looks kind of bad, but I also think that Swift is a, a really good player and we know he's going to be involved as a pass catcher, which sort of raises the floor a little bit and, uh, you know, keeps the, the disastrous results maybe out of the picture. I mean, where are you on Swift? Well, you're 100% right there on, on Swift about him being a talented player. I mean, when they drafted him, when the Lions drafted him, we assumed that he was going to be the guy. But this coach speak of, you know, you know Jamal Williams and you know we know how Anthony Lynn operates with you know using running back by committee Dan Campbell's in press conferences wearing helmets and saying that he's not gonna wipe people's butts and telling to bite people at kneecaps like none of us know what what to expect with Detroit so with Swift I am like you know what trade all day okay this guy is perfect for 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 for, for, for trade bait um, even if you have Williams uh, in Dynasty, I had used Williams, Baker, Mayfield, and OBJ. Three pieces that I was like, I don't have a whole lot of faith in you know, any of these guys on my roster. I'm going to use them to upgrade. I pulled back Cam Akers and, uh, Cam Akers and, and, and some draft picks. You know? So go for, go for upgrades if you can uh, with, with, with DeAndre Swift. I don't think that Anthony Lynn uh, as OC there benefits Swift. And that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, with Anthony Lynn so clearly talking up Jamal Williams earlier, too. I mean, that's kind of a signal that maybe we all should be paying attention to. Uh, where are you in the Arizona backfield, Robbie? Like, who would you rather have at their current ADP? Chase Edmonds at number 66 overall or James Conner at number 81 overall? Eric Moody had hit me up with this uh, about like two weeks ago. Oh, man. And I still, and I still don't have an answer for him. Um, his article on, on James Conner really compels me to want to go Conner. But my film analysis on Chase Edmonds really wants me to go Edmonds. Um, and I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I think that Edmonds is the shiftier back. I feel that Edmonds is the shiftier back. Um, whereas Conner is the more 
I'm, I'm going to put the shoulder through your face type of back. Um, therefore, I think Evans will have more opportunities to break into open field, have bigger runs, which will re- result in him having a more productive season. But I think that these two are going to be neck and neck with each other. Uh, I would I would probably pick Edmonds in, in, in PPR formats, but, you know, to each their own. Connor will probably I think I'm with you on that. More. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the way I size it up too. Like in PPR, I'd rather have Edmonds. Uh, you know, Connor probably is going to be the goal line guy. Um, you know, hate to disagree with Moody on that. Great dude, past uh, past guest, friend of the show, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess though, either he's of these so, guys, if they he felt is, he's so tweeting both of us after this, he's gonna be like, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see it, but uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to getting either of these guys if there's a discount. But I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna be too uh, aggressive drafting either of them. Uh, there've been some glowing reports lately about McCall Hardman. What do you make of that? I mean. Big strides this offseason, but he was a major disappointment last year after sort of piquing our interest with some big plays in 2019. Are you at all interested in him this year? I am always interested in everything that Miko does. Um, Miko, friend of the Run Boys Fantasy Network, uh, I got to interview him uh, his rookie year. Uh, he is a best ball phenom this year for, for all of you guys that are, that, are, that are involved in best ball drafts. I know that everyone's like hyping up Miko. Uh, his interview last week on NFL Network, you know, seeing seeing the, the maturity from when I interviewed him to to now, it's like, man, you know, like this kid's really growing up right before my eyes. Uh, I, I I got I got to party I got to party with Miko his rookie year. I'm always interested in Miko. Like if if he's there, like 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 round fourteen, round fifteen, I'll grab Miko. Like I have no problems. And and like and here's the thing with with, with, with Tyreek, right? The, the playbook and what Andy Reid does, he's going to open it up because Andy Reid understands personnel in, in such a manner. He understands that, that, okay, each year Kelsey's getting older. Each year uh, 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 Tyreek's getting older. All right, I got to start now figuring out other options. I got to start figuring out other ways to, 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 to game plan to get and to get guys open and to keep Pat and to keep Patty great. And he's going to keep Patty great by now opening up Miko. And that's why we've seen Miko's uh, uh, playbook so limited with a lot of these jet sweeps and, you know, a lot of the shorter routes that, that he's been running. Some easy deep balls where it's like, okay, we're going to keep you in the lineup with Tyreek and have Tyreek kind of take a double coverage and then now get you open so that, you know, we gain you some confidence. I think he has a confidence now and he's ready to do what he has to do. And, and, and he could probably, he could probably, you know what, I'll go hot take. He'll end as a wide receiver two this year. He'll end as a solidified wide receiver two. Will he break into the top 24? I don't know. Could he end as a top 30? Yes. I like the enthusiasm. I mean, maybe we just, you know, we we were hoping there was going to be a spark last year. It didn't happen. And now a lot of people are just kind of turning their backs on him. But I mean, this was a guy who we knew was going to maybe take some work as a receiver, a little bit of a project, gave us the flashes right away. And then when, uh, you know, the, the spark didn't catch and turn into a fire last year, People just got bored, but, uh, you know, maybe that's the wrong thing. Maybe he just needed that second year of development and, uh, that this is the year that he starts to pop a little bit. So I'm definitely interested in him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that I've already got Mahomes in, in SFB, I'll be definitely uh-huh. looking hard at Hardman a little bit later. Cause, uh, you know, if that spark does catch this year, 
Like I want to be their fan in the flame. So I love uh, it. I love it. Last one for you, Robbie. Josh Gordon has applied for NFL reinstatement. I mean, we're back on the Josh Gordon merry-go-round. Do you have any interest in him as a late-round flyer this year? No, but I would love to interview him. <laughs> That's I mean, my take on it. <laughs> who's had a more fascinating uh, career, man? I mean, just like the ups and downs and what he's been through. And um, yeah, man. I mean, his 2013 season was one of the most extraordinary seasons by an NFL wide receiver of all time. One of the greatest and, uh, pieces of wide receiver film, period. Period. That 2013 season. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, and like, it was so good that it's eight years later and you've still got people with interest in him and fantasy. Just like, oh man, if we could get even a fraction of that, he'd be worthwhile. Look, you know? I have no problems. Look, I know that I know that, that my Washington football team, we are changing our culture um, and, and we are improving in, in, a, in a lot of ways and acquiring quote unquote locker room problems are, isn't like our brand anymore. But I'm willing for us to go and get like, like, like I know everyone and, and uh, dynasty analysts are about to hate this. Like dynasty players are about to hate what I'm about to say. I'm okay with the wide receiver core of Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Josh Gordy. Reinstate this guy and let him go to the Burgundy and Gold, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> you're uh, you're throwing throwing Antonio Gandy Golden under the bus, I suppose. <laughs> but hey, man, I I. You know, we didn't see anything out of that guy last year. So uh, he could be sneaky hey. this year. That's one to watch because he's healthy now. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's an interesting flyer for sure. I mean, maybe he does pop a little bit, but uh, could always think yeah. about like I mean, Josh Dotson. Yeah, exactly. But as long as people, I don't know, I mean, I've kind of been skeptical of all the Josh Gordon enthusiasm lately. And at this point, I think, you know, you can't invest anything of substance, but it, if it's a, a one dollar fab bid, if it's a you know the last round pick in a the twenty two round Scott Fishball on Josh Gordon, why not? Why not? As long as you're not getting out over your skis, doing anything stupid, I'm all in favor of it. If you're if you're gonna get hype over Tebow and and, and Duval, you can get hype over Josh Gordon wherever he lands. Yeah, I'd take I'd take Josh Gordon over Tebow, no question. <laughs> well, Robbie, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's always a lot of fun to talk to you. I'm a big fan of your work, and I'm definitely looking forward to watching the continued growth of the Rum Boys Fantasy Network. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Pat. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Before you go, can you uh, remind everyone where they can find your work and where they can uh, look you up on Twitter? Yeah, you guys can uh, find me on Twitter uh, at Rumboys spelled with a Z R uh, Rumboys Robbie. Uh, my social media everywhere else, so TikTok, Instagram, all that other good stuff. Uh, Facebook at Rumboys spelled with a Z N E T. Uh, that was my old Twitter account, but lost that one, so got a new one. Um, also, everyone out there that is listening, download the Sports Me app. I am the chief marketing officer um, and one of the owners of the Sports Me app. New app, you can make 30-second quick-click content. Um, you can debate some of your favorite analysts. You can ask fantasy football uh, questions and ask for advice, and we'll help answer it. Um, download that app. We're trying to blow it up. We're trying to make it the, 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 the TikTok of sports, except no one's dancing and having to shake their butt or nothing for views. It's just us talking sports like normal people. Awesome, Robbie. Thanks again, my friend. Talk soon.
Thank you, Pat. Appreciate you having me. That'll do it for this week's show. Let me once again thank our guest, Rumboys Robbie of the Rumboys Fantasy Network. Find him on Twitter at RumboysR. A big thank you to my producer, Calm Kelly. Find him on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Special thanks to my friend and colleague, Melissa Jacobs, owner and operator of thefootballgirl.com. Find her on Twitter at thefootballgirl. The music for Fits on Fantasy is provided by International Jet Sets. And last but not least, I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm really gracious to have such a wonderful group of listeners, and I hope you'll stick with the show because I've got some terrific guests lined up in the weeks ahead, and I will keep them coming in the run-up week one of the 2021 season. But that's all for now. So long, everyone. Talk to you again soon. This season on American Prodigies, Black Girls in Gymnastics. You'll hear about trailblazers like Diane Durham. Learn what you don't know you don't know about Dominique Dawes. Meet superstars like Olympic silver medalist Jordan Childs and more. Hear how Black gymnasts have and continue to transform their sport. You can binge all the episodes of American Prodigies now, wherever you get your podcasts.